Welcome to the podcast, Three Things That Matter. My name is Anne Blake, and in each episode, I interview a different guest. They are asked to bring three things that matter to them. These might vary from books and plants to places and occasions. These three things provide the jumping off point for discussion of the extraordinary in the everyday. Three Things That Matter is a Limerick Post podcast and is released every second Wednesday. In episode 7 of the first series, I speak to Will Kyohan. Will is a writer and poet from Limerick. His work has appeared in Hennessy New Irish Writing, The Irish Times, The Olmstone, The Stony Thursday Book, and his essays and poems have been broadcast on the RTE Radio 1 Sunday Miscellany. Will is the facilitator for Trans Limerick Community, a peer support group for trans, non-binary, gender diverse and questioning adults based in Limerick. Their meetings take place on the second Tuesday of the month. Will is currently completing an MA in Creative Writing at the University of Limerick. So, uh, Will, welcome to Three Things That Matter. Thank you so much, Anne, for having me. It's great to be here. It's lovely. It's lovely to be to, to be here as such. Uh, yes, in this virtual uh, space. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, what 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 is your your first thing of choice? So my first thing is a piece of paper, um, and it's a very specific piece of paper. Um, it's actually a small printed trans pride flag that I got at a pride march a couple of years ago. So I'm a, a trans man, and I've been out for about. Uh, I've been out publicly for about two years, but I knew for a while before that. And I think it's relevant to be talking about this piece of paper around Pride Month as well. Like Pride Month was in June and then we had Limerick Pride too. Um, so it's, it's a very, it's a very nice item to have. Um, so I'll tell the story. Will I tell the story? Oh, of how please. I got this paper? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, like being Limerick people, we probably know that Limerick Pride is it's wonderful it's great to have prides but Limerick's kind of a small place and I remember the first time I got to go up to Dublin Pride when I was 18 thinking oh my goodness like this is so much bigger there's so many people here and I had that same experience when I went to Toronto uh, three years ago with my ex-girlfriend and we arrived in Toronto around the time of Toronto Pride and I suppose one of the big things about Pride in Canada is they celebrate every letter of the acronym individually. So there are marches for, you know, members of the gay community, marches for lesbians, marches for bisexuals. And there was a trans pride march and um, we decided to go to the trans pride march. And at this point in my life, I hadn't told anybody that I was trans, but I knew. And I was standing there surrounded by all of these other trans people. And it was the first time in my life that I thought, oh my goodness, like I can actually come out. And somebody in the crowd was handing out these small little paper flags. And uh, I took one and this family beside me with their little girl, they also took one too. And at that point I saw, oh my God, there's a future here. You know, This is something that I can actually come out and maybe have a life like this. And since that March, three years ago, I've kept that small paper flag and I keep it inside of my my documents, uh, my medical document folder, and all of my bank statements, and it's kind of crumpled a little bit, 
um, but it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful reminder. It's kind of like a moment of hope. And even if it is crinkled. Uh, and another thing as well, I often feel very lucky to be trans because I think our flag is so aesthetically pleasing mm. um, compared to a lot of the other ones. It's like got the camming blue and the pink. Those five lines are just really nice. Um, mm. So that's my first item. Man. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. There, I mean, what, what a huge amount of story in such a small object and something that I think it's very um it's oftentimes when when we talk about disability in in society for for whatever minority group you might uh uh, be coming to terms with realizing you're part of um like often the question is said why why do we need why do we need pride? You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> when straight people's pride or when cis people's pride, you know, um, every day as we walk down the street. That's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> but um I there is such a power in like what you've just described, which is I I think what was quite like you said, I feel like maybe I can have a life. And um, what a simple expectation to have in the world Completely. to exist. And in at a time when everything's very divisive and everything's very dare I say binary, <laughs> where yeah, yeah. um to actually and you have these questions from from people like why do we need this or I'm being attacked by rainbow ideology or or whatever it is being said. Like the, these aren't abstract uh, concepts we're talking about. This is I mean the fact you said oh, maybe I can exist and have yeah. a life. Yeah. That's um. Wow. <laughs> it's it's huge, isn't it? And it's a lot of that is about representation, you know. You can't you can't be what you can't see. And at that point, I hadn't really seen many other trans people. And especially I hadn't seen many other older trans people. Um, and so I'm also a writer and um, I'm studying an, an MA in creative writing at the moment in the University of Limerick and I have four weeks to go until I submit my dissertation. Um, it's going well, thankfully it's going well. Um, but so for the last year, I've kind of been writing a lot of nonfiction about the process of transitioning. And I got to present at um, a conference uh, this year called Moving Trans History Forward. I got mm. to present a, a, a piece that I've written about the experience of shaving and what that's like after not having anything to shave now I'm kind of growing in this this patchy beard and <laughs> um and the, it's a really kind of euphoric feeling of shaving so uh, after presenting that essay at the conference I got to attend some of the keynotes and in one of the keynotes there was this 84 year old trans guy who was speaking about his life and it was the first time I'd ever seen even though it was virtually seen somebody of that age who had an identity like mine and I could see the future there in that way, you know, like, um, and I think that that is why pride is important, you know, seeing your future, um, especially when you're faced with a lot of discrimination, a lot of barriers, the, the healthcare system in Ireland, as we all know, is um, really struggling. And when it comes to trans people, I think, you know, the, the struggle is, is an incredibly difficult one. And a lot of people have to go abroad if they're trying to access healthcare. Um, so, you know, in light of that, you can kind of feel like, oh my God, it's never going to happen. And then when you see people that it has happened for that are living like these happy, vibrant lives of waving paper flags in the air, in the sunshine in Toronto on a big street packed full of people, 
um, it's just really gorgeous. And especially now thinking about that, when because of the pandemic, we're, we're so isolated and we're not able to really see each other, that can be quite difficult. Um, I, uh, I, I started testosterone um, right before lockdown. So <laughs> it started, yeah, <laughs> the timing, in one way, the timing could not have been better um, because, you know, I was able to go to London and, and have my first injection and then get my prescription. Mm. Um, and a lot of people who had plans to travel had those plans cancelled. So they were kind of left in waiting. A lot of trans people who had surgeries booked because of the pandemic, those surgeries were rescheduled. Mm. Um, but it meant that for kind of the last uh, 18 months that I've been on testosterone not many people in my life have seen the changes because we've been so apart and so distant mm. and uh I spent a year like not seeing another trans person in person um because I was at home with my housemates and um so like the the thought of actually being together with other trans people in real life is is really sweet um because we are such a minority group and it you feel so nice when you're around other people. And that, that's why I think pride is important, really. It's just seeing other people and that representation. I, I think so. And I mean, I, I would feel, I would feel um, whatever, whenever you're advocating for, for, for any, any group with less of a voice, like any minority, um, like I would certainly feel like feminism, say, the job of feminism is not just um, for, for women; it's it's for women and any minority group, and 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 standing for that. But but the thing is, within the pride flag, as you say, there's there's a lot of flags, and um, I think that's a really fascinating idea because obviously, um, my experience in in life as a as a as a gay woman is is very different to the experience of a trans man or, or a trans woman uh or you know what i mean or or someone identifying as as non-binary and like there are sometimes it's like you're all under this flag and it's great and we need to be together and we need to advocate for each other and that's very important but there is something very lovely about that you know, having your own identity within that and having the strength of that. And um, as I said, there is there's there is such strength in unity. And then there is also that extra strength with that identity, that um, specific identity, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I would completely agree with you there. And uh, I have to as well mention that I live with the most amazing housemates that are, you know, so supportive and trans inclusive because they're decent people. Um, mm. And we all have different sort of areas in our lives that we experience discrimination in, in different ways. Mm. And we can relate, you know, in terms of our dis- discrimination, like as, you know, a, a trans man versus as, as a lesbian or a bisexual person. Um, but there are, there are things I'm never going to understand about those identities either. And mm. it's, not, it's not necessarily about understanding, it's just about coming from a place of respect, you know? And that, I think that's, that's one of the main things when you're coming out initially to family and to friends, they might not understand what's going on and um, it might be difficult for them to sort of get your name right, get your pronouns right. And I, I experienced that for sure, you know, like it, it does take a while to adjust, but as long as people are coming from a place of respect, 
it really doesn't matter and that that's what it's about wow i think i think that's a that's a lovely point to make because i there there's the negative rhetoric around inclusivity is often like you can't say anything and everyone jumps down your throat or whatever and i think when you say well look uh look it is it it's, might be hard for you to to get my pronouns right or let's say uh, it might be hard for you to refer to someone as my girlfriend or whatever but if you if the person trying to be inclusive is acknowledging, look, oh, can you bear with me while I get my my mouth around this stuff or that, then that, you know, that 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 kind of um, it, it's very different to um, I think if everyone puts their hands up and goes, look, this is the, we're all we're all going to do the best we can in this in this exact moment. And then in, in a year or in a number of months, it'll be grand. But. I think the the problem is what often gets aired the most is is someone's frustration going I am not allowed to say what I want and I want to be able to call a person by whatever pronouns I want and it's like well that's not what it's about it's about maybe being a bit uncomfortable maybe just getting over yourself for a little while <laughs> but also being if you trip up or if you get it wrong that you're not like you're not it's not uh, deliberate your intention is okay or the person's intention might be I'm really trying and I'm really sorry if I get stuff wrong and then the person uh, on the other end of that going look that's okay as long I know you're doing your best <laughs> but Completely. Completely. um yeah actually a, a friend of mine put it very nicely uh a, a, a gay man I was talking to and he said you know 30 years ago people couldn't get their head around um us you know and and they were it was a bit uncomfortable and and now it's it's all of our job um the whole anyone who is uh say cis cisgender it's our job to be a bit uncomfortable and get inclusive do you know what I mean and 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 that's true for you know I I might be gay woman but I'm 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 cis and so it's up to me if if it's a bit uncomfortable if my friend identifies as non-binary or identifies as trans uh, like uh, like is is using different gender pronouns it's it's up to me to be just okay I might get this wrong and (laughs) bear with me but then you know as long as I'm not laughing or saying oh sorry I've got it wrong you know I think it's it's very the intention I gets tiring on on your part but I think when you understand the person's intention, I mean, I think that's really beautiful and empath- empathic and generous of you. I mean, you know, it's, it's you, you kind of take on an educator role as a trans person in a way. And a lot of people do have questions and um, like do want to ask me lots of things. And mm. I really don't, I really don't mind that. Um, but uh, there, there, some things I, I, I take into consideration, or I, I sometimes ask them, like, would you ask this question of a cis person? You know, and that's really where you should, where you should start off. Like, am I asking this person a question because I think, you know, that it might be interesting or intriguing, or am I worrying about what potential harm I might cause this person by asking this question? Um, just, just things like that, and then in. There's so much information that's available online too that can be really useful if you do sort of the work yourself of educating before you ask these questions. But I don't mind answering things because I have a lot of practice in it. Mm. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, 
it's good. It's good getting that practice and and being able to educate. And I feel very privileged to be able to talk about my experience and share it with other people. Um, so I, I don't I don't necessarily mind it. Um, again, but as long as it's coming from respect. It's coming from place of respect. And some days I'm sure you just you just want to be well. Who's oh yeah having yeah. a having a bind or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like must I always be the representation of my entire community? And you know, and, and like I know I there's often uh, comedians who joke or like if if a female comedian is on a, a, what do you call it like a, one of those shows one of those panel shows. And it's like, do you realize you're representing your entire gender? And if you if you mess up, that's it. No woman will be hired to get you. You are representing all of them uh, because there's one of you and and four guys. And and there's it's often a joke. And it's like sometimes, and that's just like, uh, obviously that's that's still someone who's it, like that. That's just I suppose the mindset that's often that that you're going against. And until as you said, there's more visibility uh, around around the trans community specifically. Um, and more people being able to see, as you said, you can't be, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Exactly. And just yeah. demystifying. And, um, but yeah, I do, I do, I do commend you on your, on your generosity and, <laughs> and patience. I have, <laughs> I have to also say, I get things wrong, you know, like everyone else, I get things wrong. And mm. the difficult thing about living in such an online age is like you, you write something or you type something or you say something and it's going to come back. And um, there's this expectation that everything that, you know, we've said and we've done are, are consistent with our current selves, but we should be allowed to grow and change and learn. And I had family that reacted really badly initially, you know, like, um, and, and people in my life. And it was important to give them time and to allow them to learn and change. And because I, I want to give that same time to myself and know that I'm a different person now. And in 20 years, I might listen back to this podcast episode and think, oh, well, why did I say that? But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we should be allowed to grow and change and learn in that way. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, can I say I am delighted social media did not exist when I was younger. And the <laughs> things I was saying and doing, you know, that thank god or maybe in some school journal or something but they they didn't end up in, indelibly online so yeah uh, yeah yeah you know, so let be aware the generations that have gone before you have just had it really lucky because we you know we've gone under the radar <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i like i love i love social media for connecting with people too so um i um maybe i haven't mentioned uh trans limerick community but it's um it's a, a group that um, I established back in May because Limerick was one of the last kind of major cities in Ireland to not have a trans peer support group. Okay. And so I worked with, with Tenny or the Transgender Equality Network of Ireland. And um, we, we established this little group when we meet on Zoom and I facilitate it with my friend Lauren. And um, initially I thought, you know, maybe three people would show up because I put out the post, I set up a Twitter account and an Instagram and put out the posts online. And I was like, okay, we're gonna have three people. It's just gonna be me, my buddy, Lauren, and the facilitator from Tenny, and we're just gonna chat. And I mean, more than 20 people signed up and wow. came along to the meetings. And, um, you know, it's, that's ongoing where we're having these monthly meetups where we get to chat. And I really didn't know that, that there were that many people in Limerick who, not only were trans and out, but also who were looking for something like this, like wow. a peer support group. Um, 
So I'm, I'm really hopeful that in the future we can keep this going and, and, and uh, keep doing that. And for that reason, I've had to teach myself uh, how to use Twitter again because I, I went off it for a time and I've started using Discord um, which uh, <laughs> it's a, a, all the kids are using it. Oh, oh I sound so embarrassing. Um, but <laughs> but it's it's great because like people are able to connect online, and mm. um, that can be that can be really really helpful too. Uh, so social media has kind of positive and negative aspects, but if you can focus on the positive, you know, yes. that's it's, it's important. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And like, yeah, absolutely. I think I think you're right. I think it's one of these things. It's it's, it's not. It isn't the problem. It's 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 your relationship with it and man and that's all you can manage you know because you can't manage any old whatever type of person will crawl out and get on a thread and say what they want anyway uh but yeah that's that's a whole a whole other that's a that's a series of podcasts um so uh, yeah might just move on to your your second thing of choice perfect perfect yeah we'll do a kind of a deviation um away from one area of my life and into a different one Mm-hmm. So the second thing that I picked is um, a purple book. Um, I, you're noticing maybe a theme of paper and, and mm-hmm. writing in this because I am a writer. Um, it is uh, a book that my grandmother used to read me when I'd stay over at her house in Cratlow. Um, and she would read it very often, like almost every night before I went to sleep. Um, and I'd stay with her most Saturday nights. And it, uh, it's Edward Lear's The Owl and the Pussycat, um, which is, I mean, just a beautiful poem. I'm a huge poetry fan. I, I write poetry and read poetry a lot. And I also love cats. I love cats so much. So <laughs> that was the second object that I picked. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I have, I, I have that poem memorized. It's learned off by heart from the many times that Mono would read it to me as I was falling asleep, it's just there. And that, I really like the power of poetry in that way that you, and the power of rhyme and music um, that you can you can hear something a couple of times and it just starts to imprint itself on your mind. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a beautiful poem and a beautiful book. Um, oh, and that's my second object. That's gorgeous. Once again, very like, it's uh, the fact you are a writer, you know, um, there are those moments in in your life that you can go you know what (laughs) that moment or that that ritual or that 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 custom I had with my granny had a real effect you know definitely I think grandparents are so important too you know and unfortunately because of the last year a lot of friends that I know have like lost their grandparents and I mean it's it's so sad too because funerals during COVID times are such a different event than the way that they were in the past and I, I remember my my granny Mono's funeral she she passed away a few years ago and uh, I hadn't come out to her at that point um, I don't I don't think I was ready it took a while to actually come out to everybody um, but I got to read a poem uh, at her funeral and um, that was a really nice experience like because she she was also a poet herself and she wrote things um and she used to publish them in um Ireland's own do you know Ireland's own like yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and uh so she'd write these gorgeous little poems about like badgers and magpies because she loved nature and um I think that's really sort of been passed down to me um whether consciously or not 
her love of nature. Um, and it was because my I'd grown up in in the city, kind of close to Limerick, but it was always kind of nice to go out and visit her in Cratlow and spend time around there and in the woods um, and watching all the little like bugs and animals around that area. So so when I'm when I hold this book and it's it's not it's not only the book and the poem, but it's also all those memories of childhood that come back, um, which are really really lovely. And uh, and we also have we have this cat as well because I love cats. Um, <laughs> Wolf Tone Street and at the places around Limerick, like around that side, are full of cats. Like um, kind of up towards the Crescent area, and uh, there's this cat that just. I mean, there's so many cats, I think, around there. I'm just trying to think of them. I think I know about five or six that kind of up around the train station near the park. Whenever I'm walking around that area, there's a bunch. Um, mm. But there's this one that's kind of claimed our house as his own. And um, he just, he comes by on the daily basis and okay. he just sits out with us and he watches us. And uh, we gave him the nickname Nelson which is lovely <laughs> Nelson um, <laughs> what, what's the what's the origin of that I have no idea oh. I'm no <laughs> <laughs> very curious okay because um we are actually technically neighbors well I, I live I live very near Wolftone Street and I'm wondering is it my cat because <laughs> 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 what 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 does Nelson look like he's uh he's black and white is your cat black and white no 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 okay she's, okay she she's a tabby now and I don't understand you not, not necessarily knowing knowing the gender of a cat you know because they, <laughs> they 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 like I, it's one of these things it's funny like speaking of gender like dogs are always boys and cats are always girls exactly know? exactly um but yeah yeah she she's um she yeah, we we previously had had a cat that was a, a tom and uh and we and both our dogs are girls we're like yeah we're we're we're, we're pushing gender boundaries yes, yes. <laughs> but no our cat now it's sadly leonard our little cat he he died uh, a couple years ago and and peanut is, is his replacement and she's a tabby um oh but you, what you it sounds like you have a a different a different interloper so it's funny that you mentioned that because um, we had been calling Nelson Nelson for ages. Um, mm. I think Emily came up with the name, my housemate, and was just like, yeah, Nelson, he, he just looks like a Nelson. He just has a face. He just looks like a Nelson. And then um, one day he came over and he was wearing a collar and the collar said a different name and it was a girl name. So we had been misgendering the cat for a very long time. <laughs> I felt kind of bad, but but Nelson didn't seem to mind, you know. <laughs> as long as food is involved, cats. Exactly. You, you can call me anything, darling. Yeah. Just <laughs> open that pouch meat. <laughs> they're so lovely. Like, they're such lovely pets to have. I have noticed as well in the last year, like a lot of people have adopted, a lot of my friends have adopted cats and dogs mm. and puppies and they're just a really nice comfort to have. I have I have this dream that in the future, um, when I'm not a perpetual student like I've been forever, <laughs> and I have a you know a stable, steady income, fingers crossed, and uh, maybe you know I've, I've published a little bit, that I can live in a house and adopt um, like a rescue greyhound or something. And oh. I'd love I'd love to name I'd love to name a dog Shane Heaney. I just feel like it's great. <laughs> you'd end up like though abbreviating it to shame or exactly exactly <laughs> something like that <laughs> there's always something like well they do say something well cats anyway they say often have like two names or they've long names and they've titles you know and exactly. um uh, it's funny enough we we our cat is called 
peanut, as you said. But we we abbreviate to something that isn't shorter at all. But we just call her the nut, which is kind of the same <laughs> length as peanut. <laughs> and then for a friend of mine got it actually Mo Moly or Michal, who he was a previous guest, Miola Suluan, um, was a previous guest on on this podcast. Got had has a cat called Hazelnut. And then I saw on his social media, he's like, here's the nut. I went, wait a minute. <laughs> you you use that term too? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. They Okay, those those pets need to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> but cats, are they ever friends? Like, I mean, they say oh. cat, cats don't oh have owners. Cats have staff, you know. Exactly. Exact. Actually, on that, um, my parents have two cats. And uh, there's the very regal Grizz. Who they call Mr. Grizz because he's he's a gentleman, you know. He's and he's quite a bit older than their other cat, Mac. And mm -hmm. Mac has the nickname Dum Dum because he just drools a lot. He's just he's constantly drooling. And I'm I'm like I got kind of mad at my parents for renaming him, especially renaming him something so silly like like and they call him like Dodo as well. Like he's sucking on a soother too and. But he's he's just he's a he's a little bit of a baby cat, uh, okay. especially compared to Mr. Cruz. But the cats have always been a part of my life and I absolutely love them. So <laughs> they are. They're remarkable. It's funny. I was I was quite late in life. Uh, well, I was late in life coming out and then I was late in life uh, becoming a cat person. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, always thought, oh, dogs, dogs, dogs. And then um, we, we found a kitten. And it was funny because I used to attribute the judgments like if a cat behaved I, I suppose if a dog behaved the way a cat did it would hate you you know and I and I was attributing this these kind of judgment calls on cats and then it was like no no you don't understand and they, they you know it was explained to me they behave differently they 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 show affection differently and once I realized that I was like oh no cats are great and they're clean and they they don't you know shit in the house they they go out you know they either go to their litter or, or our cat just like just doesn't you know was, and I love my dogs but like they'll left alone long enough they'll they'll piss or shit in the house you know yep, <laughs> and yep. they smell <laughs> and I love them all but it's just you know this old idea back to dare I say the binary like you know oh you're a cat person you're a dog person like oh it's like they're both really brilliant in different ways, but cats are amazing. I just, I just love their freedom and like that. She goes out the window and she's gone. And yeah. Jenny, uh, my wife says, you know, cats choose to live with you. Dogs are prisoners. <laughs> very good point. Jenny has a very good point. Very, very good point. Yeah, I love them for that reason. I really do. You know, they're sort of individuality and. Uh, I didn't think we'd end up spending this much time talking about cats, but I'm very happy. <laughs> the well, owl and the pussycat. <laughs> the owl, well, this is the joy of this podcast. It has a very basic, uh, it has a very simple premise, but it always takes us on interesting, interesting avenues and Definitely. and and roads. And and speaking of which, uh, we might we might um, go on to your third thing of choice. Perfect. So my third item is uh, maybe a little bit more relaxed than the previous two, less literary. I just have a coffee cup. Um, and it's this particular one that I have is kind of like a, it's kind of like a marbled iridescent coffee cup. It's kind of shiny. It's quite nice. It's one I use quite regularly. Um, and it sounds fancy, but I think I got it in Tiger for like three euro. Um, <laughs> and I, coffee is one of those sort of like daily staples for me. Um, and, you know, having mentioned that I, I'm a student 
when I was living in a, in a student house in my undergraduate, I remember the exact sort of taste of the coffee that we'd make. It was just instant Nescafe and kind of speckled with lime scale from this decaying kettle because of course like all student houses are like that there's mold growing up the walls um <laughs> I really don't think my taste in coffee has improved since then I'm kind of happy with instant Nescafe and uh my friends make fun of it for me because I drink really gross coffee and, <laughs> and it's a pity because there's so many good coffee shops in Limerick too like mm. I do actually love going out and getting a really nice well-brewed one um I think my favorite place is, is Fika, uh, which is relatively new on, on Catherine Street. Mm. Um, but I just picked coffee because I was trying to think about something that is that is really a staple in my life. And this mug in particular. <laughs> Are <laughs> you a coffee drinker? Oh, yeah. Well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it's funny. I remember this realization because obviously coffee has become uh, a great many things uh, and has evolved into a speciality that it certainly wasn't when I was younger and uh, there was much less pressure <laughs> when I was in, in college to, you know like it certainly was all instant and um, and I welcome I welcome the, the 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 enriched coffee culture we now have but I remember at one point you know I was doing a lot of driving and uh, realizing I kind of loved petrol station coffee you know those machines yeah. I like I love it it's great I mean and even though like anyone I know who knows their coffee they're like oh no 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 that stuff smoke it's like but I like it <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you happy right like it you know, you know <laughs> people people can can get like a little bit a, little, a tiny tiny bit pretentious about coffee just <laughs> Tiny. <laughs> let, let, what's, it, uh, what's that line? There's a great line in The Princess Bride. Uh, we are men of action. Lies do not become us. <laughs> you know, people yeah. get super pretentious. And I mean, I think there's a lot of joy to be had from, from beautiful things or things that are really well made or, you know. But when it comes down to it, if that means that you can only enjoy a cup of coffee under these conditions um I don't know I, I feel that's a lot of pressure um it definitely like, is it definitely is I you know like that being said I do love I, I I've said it before I do love like a really nice well-made cup of coffee um and my housemate Eloise actually works up in Treaty City Brewery and okay. as well as doing delicious beer they also do great coffees so um one of the great things about living in Limerick is just being able to sort of walk around the city and try different places. And if I do like the Three Bridges walk, um, which I, I kind of try to do like regularly enough, I'll mm. stop up there and pop into her and get a coffee or or a hot chocolate too. They do them as well. Or or a pint, possibly. You well, know? <laughs> I, I'm kind of feeling now, well, between Fika and Treaty City, I'm going to be looking for a sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> you, should, you absolutely should. Oh, that would be such a good idea. That'd be such a good idea. <laughs> We're giving you a shout out, guys. Come on. Um, no, no, it's 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 very true. I think, I think um, like, I do feel we are lucky because I was just in Dublin at the weekend and uh, um, I, I think something that is wonderful about living in a city of Limerick size um, is just you you can just walk around and you can get in a lot of lovely places and get a really nice experience without having to get into your car and that's just and and you know you and I are very lucky because we do we do live in the city but it's that little 
those quiet streets so it's not you know you're kind of off the main drag but in two seconds you're in the middle of everything yeah. and i and certainly we we are we are lucky with that and and as you said the coffee thing it's it's amazing how how it's exploded and it's and how good it is um and yeah and i know for my own kind of ritual in life um coffee is a big part of it like either to be made in the kitchen or myself and jenny are like let's let's go down to to okay let i'm going to name them all rift habit fika all you guys <laughs> come at me with your which is sponsor, sponsor, sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's it's 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 something that brings you together it's something you can do with people it's um you know it's it's just that kind of um grounding thing and i think having your own cup as well um i know there are cups i prefer to drink out of like we have yeah. a lot of cups in our press but we only probably regularly use about two of them each <laughs> i'm the complete same like what is that about we we get these little comfort there, it's there's something i'm holding it in my hands right now and there's something really nice about the feel of it it's like like a little hug a hug from a cup of coffee um i love what you said though Anne, about about it being part of the ritual like and mm. and just routine as well i think routine is something a lot of people probably struggled with in the last little while and uh i i certainly felt that at the beginning of the summer because um I finished up with my second semester in the MA creative writing and it was kind of the summer months you had to structure your own writing around the thesis mm. and uh, set yourself a schedule um and for me I I was kind of trying to experiment with that so I was I was like initially I'll try and write in the morning from this time to this time and do three hours and see how that works and I tried it for a while, but I realized I'm not a morning writer. I'm an evening writer. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great discovery to make, though. Definitely, definitely. Um, but you kind of need to try things, like change things up a little bit at times. And I feel like all of our routines have maybe have maybe shifted a little bit in the last year. And sometimes for the better, you know. But coffee is always a staple in the routine. <laughs> it is, actually, it was a funny thing. I remember at the very beginning of lockdown when everything was closed, like you couldn't even get a takeaway coffee. And suddenly myself and Jenny realized we're going through milk really fast because we realized how how kind of uh, conditioned we were to going out. So either, yeah. either she'd have been at work or I would go out and meet someone. But we suddenly were making all our coffee at home and we were just plowing through the milk really and I was like oh I've never bought this much milk in a week you know and uh, and it was because of that because everything was closed and we had to god damn it we had to make our own god damn yeah. coffee <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is it's funny and I do think you're right I think you know objects are comforting and you know I have a cup uh, not that this podcast isn't about my things but uh, I do have a cup a friend of mine gave me for my 21st which was not last year and uh it's one of these things, the cup is square, but it's roundy, it's rounded edges. And it's really, it's just the most, it's just still my, one of my favorite and it's still intact. And that's amazing. And, and, it, and I, uh, I associated with him and it's just this lovely, lovely thing to have. So I told, I can relate that there, there is a, a thing with objects physically that, that they, they give us a comfort that probably can't be measured, measured as easily as, yeah simply the liquid inside them or whatever you know it's it's so interesting like because thinking about that all of my objects relate more so to like memories and comfort more than anything else and probably the most important thing 
for me right now to have is my laptop and my USB with my dissertation on it because I really do not want to lose that. Like I could lose any of the other objects, but but that has to stay. Um, back it up like, on the cloud. Back it up yeah, on the cloud. I, know, I, <laughs> I need to do that. I need to. <laughs> I've been like constantly like emailing stuff to myself and backing stuff up so I don't lose it. Um, but like really, when you think about it, it's it's the memories that the objects are attached to and, and these different things that that are more important and the memories are still safe like if if the mug ever breaks or anything like that you still have it but it's just so nice to have it there as a constant reminder you know absolutely absolutely and and this is this is the joy of life and we do attach we attach um value like sentimental value onto things and that's lovely and hey that's one of the reasons I started this podcast because you know it's things that matter and and they don't have to be the most important things they can just matter on whatever whatever level but uh well this has been really lovely thank you so so much thank you so much for for joining me on this and I know earlier you said uh you mentioned some uh, I think handles for for the the activities and the groups you run so it's something if you want to just let people know where they can find you and your work and also uh, the trans community in Limerick uh, information. Of course. So um, trans Limerick is on Twitter and Instagram at trans Limerick. And if any um, trans people, non-binary people, questioning people are listening to this and would like to get involved, you can email me at translimerick at gmail.com and uh, sign up to our Zooms, which happen on the second Tuesday of the month, every month. Um, And uh, I tend to avoid social media, but I am on Instagram at william.kilhan. And uh, occasionally I'll post uh, writing there, but most of the time it's just pictures of cats. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfectly, it is your space to use as as you will. Hey, see what I mean? (laughs) Gotta end on a pun. (laughs) Hey, absolutely. Well, and and obviously, you you know, best of luck with your dissertation. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. And hopefully look forward to meeting you in, in the real world at, at some point, but in the meantime, thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. You've been listening to Three Things That Matter with me, Anne Blake, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is composed by myself and performed and recorded by my lovely brother, David Blake. You can follow Limerick Post on Twitter at Limerick Post. If you enjoyed the podcast, please let others know and rate it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at AnneBlake78 on Instagram at Anne Blake Play and the podcast on the hashtag three things TM. <laughs>